with coverage reaching all the way back to 1948. For over 70 years, Fate magazine has brought you reports of the strange and unknown, all of them true. Now, Fate magazine radio is carrying on that tradition of setting the standard in paranormal talk radio as we report and discuss some of the most mysterious and perplexing phenomena imaginable in this strange world of ours. Now, here is your host of Faith Magazine Radio, Kat Hobson. Good evening. Welcome to Faith Mag Radio here on WBHM Digital Broadcasting out of Birmingham, Alabama. I am Kat Hobson, your host, and we are the voice of Faith Magazine. Fate Magazine has been in publication since 1948, and we are the longest continuously printed anomalous topic magazine ever. So, 71 years. Yes, indeed. And you can go to FateMag.com and renew your subscription if you have let it lapse. We also have back issues and fun things, too. So, now that we have taken care of that, I am so excited because... It's been a great day, and it's going to top off this evening by being able to introduce you. I am so excited to have Barbara DeLong here with me. Barbara is a spiritual empath. She is an author. She has, with her husband, um, documented, worked on a documentary with a gentleman out of South Africa. And I'm going to let her tell us about it because it's totally brilliant. She is also written, narrated, and co-produced Secrets of the Stone, which is soon to be a major full-length documentary. And I guess that would be like a feature film length, right, Barbara? Um, it, it It is sort of. It never actually made it that far because my husband had, um, well, he, he was not thoughtful and he died. So um, <laughs> it's... Well, un- I thought it's- that you had done that... As- posthumously of him i'm sorry i misunderstood that but no it's it was it was uh, a documentary that was presented to um megalithomania in 2011 and um it's up on youtube the full 40 minute one is is up on youtube but uh never went any further than that but it's been viewed almost a half million times so it's definitely (laughs) (laughs) well probably two of them but um you know, I apologize for that. That's I just okay. thought that that was a project that you had worked on following that part of your life. And I I know you never really have a following that part of your life. Um, well, you know, it's it's uh it's it's been an interesting ride and and he was alive when we did the um documentary for the South, South African gentleman. Um, and that was, yeah, I forget aliens or something. It, it was, it was fascinating to have a film crew come to the house and spend hours, you know, filming us, which was fascinating. I had cats who insisted on being a part of it. So <laughs> if anybody ever watches that particular documentary, they'll see the rear end of a cat here and there because there, it was impossible to keep them off the, uh, out of the, out of the spotlight, so to speak. Well, I understand that because one of our hosts has five cats, and 
I am often trying to keep them out of the spotlight, but they're pretty good. And nobody seems to mind a bit. I know I don't. Um, I was just curious. First of all, thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Totally. I love being able to talk about a lot of this stuff. And, and quite often, you know, because I do a, a, an interview show, too, I'm, I'm looking at someone else's work. So it's kind of fun to talk about the things that I've actually done. No prep at all. It's really a, a delightful experience. <laughs> Absolutely. I do not often get on that flip side of the mic myself. And it is a neat experience when you get to because it's just fun. Well, it is. And it's it's also enlightening because you never know um, just what aspects other people are going to want to know about. And, and very often um, it's it's not what you expect. And so you're taken in a completely different direction, which is always enjoyable. Well, I like that, too. Because sometimes it's almost like we we get into a mindset of, well, this is what I do. And if it's something that is from the from the past, you know, a little bit farther back, it can sometimes be a surprise to yourself. You know, when somebody says, oh, well, but what about this that you did then? And then you're taken back. Absolutely. And, you know, I think every time you get taken back, you discover something new about yourself. Uh, two years ago, my daughter-in-law gave me a Mother's Day gift, which which I, you know, alternately cursed her for and praised her for. It was a, a process called um, StoryWorth. And um, if anybody's looking for it online, it's StoryWorth.com. And they send you a question every week that you answer and send back to them at the end of a year. They take all of your answers and pictures that you've put with them, and they make them into a book. And they're questions like, what was your favorite TV show as a child? Or what were your memories of your grandfather or your grandmother? Or, you know, just mundane questions that you never think to go into. And I have to admit, in... In answering all the questions, I discovered stuff in my past that, that um, you know, the memories were certainly there, but they, they weren't something that I had ever thought about or expressed or, or even gone into researching. And things like, you know, what was my favorite toy as a child? And it turned out it was my sister because we moved a lot. So she was the only thing that was, you know, definitely there that I could play with constantly. And so it was, it was an adventure for me. And at the end of a year, the book was beautiful. And, and, you know, I, I put all the family pictures in it as much as I could. And I even admitted that I would do it again if they waited a couple of years before I had to go through the process again. Well, I think that's a beautiful gift, and I think it's beautiful that you kept it up because so many times someone will begin that process and they kind of drop it, not for any negative reason, but just because that's a lot of work. It it, it actually, it was, but I I tell people all the time, and, and, and this is one of my cornerstone beliefs that, that, that I have held to for the last 50 years, at least, in, in that... In order to be a creative person, you have to be creative every day. 
in one way or another. You, that creative process has to be something you're experiencing, whether it's journaling or writing or organizing or painting or drawing or taking engines apart or whatever. It's a form of meditation that allows you to tap into your own higher consciousness and the, and the higher soul that's within you. So it's a way to get messages from your spirit. And, and so a, pro, a, a process like this, a, um, a project like this, forces that to happen and it was it was amazing because you could feel the juices start to flow and that meant that once you had opened that portal to that part of yourself you were able to get inspiration and insight from your your spirit um without your intellect being involved which meant the messages were more spiritual were more insightful were more philosophical so it it was and it was it was totally an enlightening experience and and it really was a joyful one after it was all done i like that that caveat after it was all done yes <laughs> <laughs> well when you sat down to write whispers of spiritual wisdom that is quite that is quite something um how long had you been active as a spiritual empath and at that time intuitively psychic how long had you been doing that prior to starting your book oh oh you mean writing poetry Writing poetry and doing the compilation because it's not just poetry. There are beautiful essays in there as well. Okay. Um, never. Mm-hmm. Absolutely never. Um, really? <laughs> never. I have been, I've been involved in the metaphysical experience for now almost 60 years. And when I, all of those poems um, came through, I, I, in the 80s, I started painting personal mandalas for people. And with the painting came a, a life reading that um, went along with the mandala. And the poems were were poetry that, that came through um, in those readings for those people. And I just pulled all the poetry together. And the and the blurbs were were things that I had written at other times and that were just hanging out in a folder. Um, Patrick saw the poetry and he said, "Oh, we have to publish this." And I said, "Don't be ridiculous. It's you know I don't even know if it's good." And and I said, "I'm embarrassed." No, and he said, oh "He said no, no, we're going to publish it." And I said, "You can't publish just this poetry. It'll it's disgusting. You know, let, you got to put a blurb with every one of them of some sort." And so he said, well, give me the blurbs. And I gave him a list of blurbs to equal the number of poems that were there. He put it together and he said, now, what do you want to use as a cover? And I said, I don't care. Just, you know, black cover, white print, whatever you want to do. And, and I had, he woke me up one morning at, I, it was my, oh, gee, six o'clock. And he, he said, come to the bathroom window. And I went to the bathroom window and he said, look at the sunrise. It's just it's amazing. And I grabbed my camera and I took a picture and that picture became the front and back cover of Whispers of Spiritual Wisdom. So I I never wow. intend I never intended to write that book. So um but uh what's what's fascinating to me is people think that the blurb goes with a poem and and it does well it wasn't intended that way, but that's the way it fell together. And um 
So it's, I mean, some of the poems are very, very pretty. The poem that's on the back cover, I, I love especially. I, I do love that one. But, you know, the other ones were free verse and um, they just happened. I don't write poetry. <laughs> I don't like poetry as a rule either. I have um, a book that was my dad's. I have two books that were my dad's who passed a couple of years ago. And I keep them where I can read them. Mm -hmm. um, one is on my bedside table. The other is on my desk. And they're brilliant because they're not all poetry. One of them is art and poetry by women. Very 70s and 80s kind of a thing. The other one is just basically gems of conversation or moral turpitude <laughs> you know, depending <laughs> on which person you're you're reading your quote from but it covers everything from you know character and morals and happiness and you know the good of humans and everybody from homer to um Plato to Samuel Clemens to people of this century, but early because mm -hmm. it was published early in this century. And, you know, I just find that that shows me a whole different side of my dad. Oh, yeah, I would think which, so. Which is pretty cool. And when I was reading your work, I don't know. I don't know why you were hesitant but I'm glad that Patrick didn't accept that <laughs> and I am very appreciative that you have this book out because as I was reading through it I posted an information on the show that this could be a textbook for life and I think in a lot of ways it is do you not ever perceive it that way um actually uh in retrospect yes and what what was really kind of cool um, when, when Patrick went into the hospital to pass away, um, he had, um, stage four lung cancer. And, um, when he went in there, I was talking to the nurses and after he passed, I took 10 copies of it in and I said, you know, this might help people. And, and I got uh, a note from them and they told me that it meant so much that, you know, people always found something they could cry over or that they could relate to or, you know, it touched them. So um, it, it uh, apparently it has greater impact than I thought it did. I think that is probably a very safe statement. <laughs> <laughs> because as I'm reading through this, I'm just like, I can't even finish. I've gone back and highlighted and gone back and reread because there's one in particular chapter that I'm trying. I don't know if it's a chapter, but um, well, I guess I could just go here. Reborn. And I just. The first line is, out of time, are you called by a memory rich? And many times you mention chimes through here. Yes. And 
that is just such an important thing to me. I am the woman of wind chimes. <laughs> so, you know, I always have them on the front and the back of my house, much to my husband's chagrin at times, <laughs> and the dogs too. But, um, you know, it just, it's so healing. And oh, absolutely. I'm, I don't own a sound bowl, but I think if I did, I'd never get anything done. <laughs> Well, if if you if you were going to read one though, it would be the one on the back cover. Yes, that's the one I love. Yes, and before we go, I'm going to get you to share that. Oh, I don't have it in front of me. Oh well, I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> then I guess that before we go, you can I read will. it. Ah, but do you know what? I have the afterthought. Okay. I, I don't have the actual cover. Oh. Why do I have the actual cover? But we'll figure that out. I will make it so. <laughs> but um, I just think that there's nothing that I have found in this book that didn't speak to me personally. Well, that's cool. That's I think very so, cool. too. It's very rare. I read a lot of authors and what I do. You do too. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yes. I try not to have anyone on unless I'm familiar with their work. And mm -hmm. I just think that's courtesy. But I learn a lot too. <laughs> so it's a good thing. And I, what, if you had to go into the center of the book, what would be the one that shocked you the most that people respond to? Um, the strongest gosh, response. There I are, guess. There's so many of them. Um, gosh, you know, and I haven't really looked through them that, that I haven't looked through them lately at all, to be honest with you. Um, I think, I think the whisper one, um, that that is uh there's a whisper that drifts upon the wind it reaches you and touches your soul mm -hmm. a seed a spark unite and abundance is yours because a whisper answered a whisper i think you know they're they're all of them they all pretty. are they all are i just think that's i think that's stunning so. Well, it, I, I think what, what always has impressed me is that I didn't realize I had written a poem until I read through what I had written about somebody and, um, you know, and, and there it was, you know. Well, yeah. But but this is, let's see. What about something that I I liked is you called A Voice Never Used. Uh-huh. And... I just thought that there's so many of us that we ignore that about us. You know, we just kind of go along and go along. And then all of a sudden we have a way to be able to, to reach out, to bring this out. And again, you utilize chime. From a voice never used, yet clear as a chime from a well deep within, summoned from beyond time. And 
I think that's a great line. I've, I've got highlights all through this thing. <laughs> okay, I've, I've got I've got the one on the back. Do I have time to read it? Please, yes. Okay, through canyons of crystal flow oh. rivers of dreams on currents of time to dimensions unseen. Unfold your wings of wishes. Let the winds of destiny guide you. Open your heart and welcome the visions carried within. For magic there awaits you, harvested through time. Tis yours alone to awaken. You need only conjure the rhyme. That is that's, perfect. That's my favorite. <laughs> I can see it. I can feel it. And as she read that, and Harlan and Chat said, well, Barb, nice. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> and, you know, we were talking during the break about how beautiful your website is. And by the way, that is BarbaraDeLong.com. So I am just thrilled to be able to share that with you because when I saw it, the first thing I said was, oh, this is beautiful. And when we were talking during the break, Barbara, you said, well, I told them I wanted everything on the index page, on the front page. So uh -huh. what would be a normal drop-down menu is your page. Oh, yeah. And well, it's brilliant. When, when you, when you, it's, it's funny, right? My webmaster said it's not done. And I said, it hasn't been done. That means it doesn't mean it can't be done. And I have found that when you hit a web page, you look at the front of it and then you move on. And this way you hit the front of my web page and everything is right there. Now, as you go into the different buttons, there are certainly side panels where you can go on forever. Mm -hmm. But yes. um, but it's it's just the mentality of people who who do the the you know going through websites that um, you have to catch their attention immediately, or you lose them because they just go on to the next one and the next one and the next one. And we were but, talking about how I'm notorious for that. Because I go down rabbit holes and about my bookmark list that is so long that, you know, because I have so many intentions of coming back to a site and yet I go further down the rabbit holes and you were of the opinion that that's not a bad thing. No, that, that means you're following your intuition, which is far, it's, it's more, more appropriate. If, if your ego is, is set on researching one very small area, lots of people will just do that. But, but with, with your, uh, your manner of exploring and investigating, you get caught by a flow of creative energy and you follow it. And it's where you're supposed to go instead of saying, no, damn it, I wasn't going that direction. I want to just look up this stuff. And sooner or later, you'll go to, you go to where you're supposed to be may not be where you wanted to go, but you're going to where you're supposed to be. And, and that's what's supposed to be inspiring to you. And, and lots of times I will run across something that, you know, dang, um, I didn't know that that particular um, topic was out there. And um, I have found over and over again, that the longer I've been in this field, the, the more I know, the more I, the more I know, I don't know. Because you get to a point where you're saturated and you think, well, okay, I now know it all. And, and suddenly you discover 
not only do you not know it all, but everything you know is now old-fashioned and has been updated. So, so it's a constant matter of researching and letting go of what has now become, you know, not truth and, and reaching for those elements of thought that, that will become the truth in the future. It's, it's exciting. It's all get out. Well, it's funny that you put it that way because I am always amazed by what I didn't know I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, it is legion. <laughs> there's <laughs> so much. To, well, there's so much to learn. Well, yeah. And, and I think when, when you do shows like you do and like I do where where you're, research, you're, you're talking to authors and, and out of respect to them and their work and, and all of the work that they put into the book, you read the book, you suddenly find that, that you are stretched beyond your imagination. Um, I, I'm going to be um, interviewing uh, uh, Greg um, Little, Dr. Greg Little mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow night on, on his book, The Denisovans. And first of all, I never heard of them. And second of all, um, it, it answers a lot of questions for me. And, and third of all, I'm suddenly learning about um, nuclear DNA and mitochondrial DNA, which frankly, I never would have voluntarily learned, but because it was in the book, I read it. And now I understand right. a little bit about it. But it it's a way of educating yourself, keeping your mind open and stretching and Sometimes, you know, we get to a certain point in life and it's like, I'm done with education. I've learned all I need to know. Now I'm just going to relax and enjoy life and work and stuff like that. But but if your mind isn't constantly challenged, that old adage of use it or lose it is very, very true. Absolutely, it's true. I have found myself falling into that trap. And I have to be very careful because Parkinsonian dementia is on one side of my family and Alzheimer's is on the other side of my family. So I have to work very hard at making sure that that part of me stays agile while I'm trying to keep the rest agile too. And it's, it's overwhelming sometimes. But it's so exciting. I mean, it's always exciting. And, and, and you, you go from, um, I, I think there's in, in a couple of places in the website, I mean, I really should go back and reread everything because my philosophy has changed dramatically since it, it was created and but I keep telling people, you know, I can tell you what I believe today, but check with me tomorrow. It may be it may be a completely different direction. I mean, I, I have from time to time talked about angels and and spirit guides and stuff like that. I no longer believe in them. I believe we are No, I don't. I mean I believe in, 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 in God, I believe in a creator, absolutely. But I believe our spirits, the spirits that we carry within us um, are, are, are totally evolved spirits that are having a human experience and they're all knowing and they're connected to cosmic consciousness. And that's where our information comes from. That's where our guardian angels are. That's where insights that, that, that help us to avoid total disaster. That's what, that's where that information comes from. And, and of course, past life experience as well comes through that aspect of us. I mean, our consciousness only has um, this particular lifetime as a frame of reference. Our spirit has all of eternity as a frame of reference. And if we can find the portal to get from consciousness to higher consciousness or the spirit, we, we have it all. And those people, now this is my opinion only. 
you know, first of all, let me, you know, everybody has a right to their own philosophy and opinion. And this is just mine. I totally believe that those people who say they, they channel for want of a better archangel, Archangel Michael, um, that, that their spirit, their higher consciousness realizes that they can't accept the fact that it comes from within them. So they, they, basically hologram themselves to have an archangel or a guardian angel appear to them in a vision in their head wherever and and give them the information they need they're very comfortable to take that information from another source as opposed to trusting what comes from within i would agree with that and i'll tell you why when i first started seeking actively seeking i I bought books on connecting with your spirit guides. I brought, I talked to people who I considered much more knowledgeable on the topic than myself. I was told, well, you know, as you're falling asleep, ask them to tell you their name and, you know, as you're awakening so that you'll retain it. Mm -hmm. And I only ever got one name and it was a very strange name. And um, it was Mal Gonquin. Oh, cool. And when I tried to Google that name to find out what his story might be related to it, the only thing I ever got was the Algonquin Indian tribe. Nothing Mm -hmm. was relevant to this name. And I thought, well, this has happened three different times. This has to be relevant, right? Mm -hmm. So... I just thought, well, you know, I get so much deja vu. I make life decisions based on it. And I've got all this other stuff going on. Maybe this is, um, maybe this is who does that. Maybe this is me, you know, yeah. um, because I can't find any other point at all. No other point of reference. So when I stopped being so rigid in my thinking, then things just started flowing much better. Well, you know, we, it's, we've it's been... It's an odd thing. We've been taught that, you know, we have to look to higher authority. Mm-hmm. And, and in many cases, we've been programmed that, that we don't know it all. So we have to find somebody who knows it better than us. And in my opinion, um, you know, and, you know, I have done psychic readings. You've done them from time to time, too. And... I just I don't believe that people should should go to psychics. They should go to themselves because a psychic can yes they can read your energy. Yes they can they can you know tap into you and tell you what what your inclination is at that moment in time. Yes, they can actually do that. But the reality is until you trust yourself to make those choices, you won't make them. True. Be- because you're looking for someone else to tell you what to do. This is your life. This is your experience. You make the choices. You live with your choices and, and, and you know, the, the results thereof. That's the purpose of the lifetime, not to seek out. And, and it's the same thing with people who are doing spiritual journeys and things like that. I did a spiritual um, circle online um, at one point, and we had – gosh, 70 or 80 people that signed up all around the world. And I thought it would be a great thing to have people, you know, tuning in at the same time so that we could talk about different topics that were spiritually charged. And I found, much to my horror, 
that well, and half the people that signed up were practitioners. I might add that that when we when I started to talk about what spirituality was, nobody knew. I and so what ended up is I did lectures, and I hand I sent everyone my lecture notes that I had gathered, and sometimes it was like a hundred pages, and all that material, by the way, is, is on the website as well. Yes. And and so it it it's a matter of becoming your own medium, becoming your own psychic, becoming your own guide. That's what we're here for. We're here. I, I think most people, a lot of people I have spoken to say, well, I'm here to heal people and I'm here to do this and I'm here to guide. That's, in my opinion, bullcrap. You're here to develop your spirit, to, to gather what your spirit needs. And if in so doing, others um, others learn from you, that's wonderful. But that's not your purpose. Your purpose is to work on the spirit you're carrying within, the one that's riding in this physical body that we've got. Mm -hmm. That's go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that at that point, if if you're taking that ownership of the experience, then you're able to draw on your past carnations. Absolutely. As it, as it were. And carnations, not the flower, incarnations. Incarnations, but, yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> you know, but you're also following that thought process out. You're going to be bringing what you're learning now forward with you. Yes. And do you find, do you feel, not fine, but do you feel that this would, be in part almost like a um, a legacy type of thing as a do you feel that it's like a, a soul con you hear people talk about soul contracts is it a soul contract or is it just coming back just period because that's what we do uh, I, I well <clears throat> my, my philosophy um, again for today actually it has been for the last couple years that that there is a source of creation and that source of creation at some point in time sent out seeds yes. and those those seeds became those seeds were spirits and those spirits floated for a time within within um the cosmos and found that that while they had super intelligence, there was no way to expand unless they took on a physical form. So they began to, began to manifest within physical form on planets like Earth and, and, and live the lifetimes and gather information. And, and so their journey is going from lifetime to lifetime to lifetime, gathering information, wisdom, until... And here's where I diverge from just about everybody else. And, you know, everybody says you're gathering to return to the source. I don't believe that. I believe we are gathering information to the point that at some point in time, we ourselves become a source and send out seeds ourselves. Well, don't you think that that's kind of what we're supposed to be doing anyway? I mean, we do have, there is a creator. Yes. And... But even if you go to the, the, the basic tenets of any religion, really, 
you would be finding that you know you proselytize you go out and you you bring people into the fold as it were but instead of doing that this would be more of just feeding them well yes and no because you're not you're not um giving testimony you are a living example Right. Of what the journey becomes. So it's not words, it's action. Yes. Well, anything that, is, that somebody's going to take from you and be serious about is going to be your actions, how you live, how you behave. Action, yeah, absolutely. So so it's a matter of, of, of you know, not, not needing to say something. It's, it's how you live your life. And so, so, you know, in that way, yes, you're teaching by example. Um, and, and so it, it's, you know, when somebody says, I'm here to be a teacher, and then you look at how they're living their life, and it's sort of like, well, what do you mean you're here as a teacher? Well, I give classes. So you're not teaching. You're, you're, you're stuck in a place. But, but if your teaching is a part of how you live, if, if you truly are, I, I wrote someplace that you can either be a parrot or a prophet. Yes, you did. And, and, um, you know, the, it, it is you can quote chapter and verse to your blue in the face, but nobody's going to pay attention to you. But if you take the chapter and verse and you and you bring it into yourself and you make it your own and then you live that philosophy, then you do indeed become the prophet. I am just having a great time. But we have a question for you in our chat room. But before we go, I wanted to say something on this topic that we were discussing relevant to parrot versus prophet and we had been talking during the break and one of these days somebody is going to start recording breaks but it's not going to be me but (laughs) (laughs) they would make great books but um seriously i think that it's so important what you said about the the person that just goes and memorizes everything and that's what they're tossing out in their conversation and their lectures and their teachings. And when they rewrite, it would be plagiarism, except that they're using their own verbiage to put out the same idea. And when somebody internalizes it and it's something that they know to be true, that has altered, it actually does alter you. Then then I think that's when you become a living lesson. Yeah, it's it's sort of like, don't speak it, live it. Totally. And, you know, that's in every walk of life. That's in everything that humans do. Oh, absolutely. And I just find that fascinating. So we have a question here from Harolyn who says, what's your thoughts on numerology? Um, it's a tool, like everything else. Um, it is not carved in stone. Um, if if I were to recommend um, a, a, a perfect person to go to or a book to read, it would be Forever Numerology is the website. Um, Lynn Buss is probably the best numerologist I've ever met. He's phenomenal. But it's a tool. And so often... People, it's fun to play with, but but it's not life. It's a tool. And so often people let tools become crutches. And if it's a crutch, it'll break and let you down. 
So, so you have to, you know, use it for insight, use it for understanding, use it to deepen your understanding into things. It's, it's, it's like every aspect of life. You know, there are tools out there. There are cards. There are astrologists. There, yeah, there are lots and lots of tools out there. And I think it's great to to experience them, to learn a little bit about them. It's always good to know a little bit about everything. But if you begin to rely upon it, then it becomes a crutch. And then you're not taking information from your own spirit. You're looking to a book. And, and when people write books, whatever they have written, even if it's even if it's the Bible, what has been written was totally 100% accurate for the person who wrote it. But that doesn't mean it's appropriate for you. Agreed. Take the Bible out because the Bible is a whole nother discussion and, and show probably. But, it but, is a whole nother show. <laughs> but but, but, but when, it's... when you're looking at astrology, you know, there are go-to books. When you're looking yes. at dream interpretation, there are go-to books. Well, the reality is you have all the answers inside. You don't need, I mean, and, and if you're looking to put meaning to numbers Write the numbers out and put your own meanings to them. That, Therefore, when you see those symbols or those signs, whatever you have written about it is applicable to you alone. Personally. Um, don't, yeah, don't go by what someone else has said because, you know, it, it's sort of like um, I could tell you exactly how I got to this point in time, step by step by step. And if you if you replicated it, you would not be in the same place I am. Because, you know, it, 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 it doesn't serve you. You want to create, you, if you want to create a tool, create your own tool that's appropriate for you. Don't, you know, but Lynn Buss's numerology, he's, it's great. He's got great stuff. He has a computer right on his website. All the explanations are right there. You don't have to pay him to do something for you. It's done for you. Wow. Cool site. And that was Forever <laughs> Numerology. Uh, yes, dot com. Dot com. Well, terrific. We have a, a multiple choice question. Okay. <laughs> Actually, um, Sherry would like to know your thoughts on ghosts, aliens, or Bigfoot. Have you ever had experiences with anything like that? Yes. Um, um, geez. Ghosts, aliens, or Bigfoot. Um, three different topics. Um, and we can, you've got 10 minutes until we go to our next break. And okay. if it takes longer than that, we'll pick it back up. And if you don't want to answer that, you don't have to. Oh, no, sure. I'm okay. I, I'm open to anything here. I, I don't believe in ghosts. I do believe that, that when a spirit leaves the body, that there is a shadow. And it's not a, a part of the soul. It's it's an imprint upon reality. So it's not a part of you. But but there there is sometimes a a filament that that will last. If someone has died a traumatic death, there is an imprint in time. But it's not it's not a part of the spirit of the people that have gone before. It's that energy that is imprinted in time. And often, if you're sensitive, you can feel those those imprints. Um, Sometimes you'll feel a cold, a cold place in in, in, in a in a in a home or, or whatever where where a tra traumatic death has happened. So 
Um, I don't believe in spirits coming back and rattling chains. As a matter of fact, in my experience, when a spirit moves on, um, there is a period of time where they want to come back and scare the daylights out of somebody, but you know it, they don't do it because there's so much exciting stuff in going back into the ether and becoming a pure thought form and, and looking at where you need to go next. Um, aliens, I'm not so sure about, to be honest with you. Um, in in my experience, I have found that, that when people don't understand something, they blame it on the aliens. Um, not so sure they, they actually exist, or if they do, that they are as prevalent as people say they, they are. I believe that a lot of the ships that we see, you know, zapping around are either ours or somebody else's. I, I won't deny that there probably have been ships that have crashed on the planet, but I do believe most of the stuff we see in the air is reverse engineered and that, that they are our own, that they have nothing to do with other planets coming and in, interfering with our evolution. Um, I did see a space uh, a, a ship did land on my campus when I was in college. I saw it. it when it took off. It zoomed over my dorm and it blacked out the sky. So I know the ships are out there, but but they're unidentified flying objects. That means they're unidentified. It doesn't mean they came from another universe. Um, I do believe that we are visited from time to time, and 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 when we are, it's interdimensional. It's, it has nothing to do with spaceships coming from other galaxies. I think that's science fiction. And we as humans, when we don't understand something, we create something that, that we're comfortable with, that we can live with, that explains it. We've done it since fire. And and we continue to do it with, with greater technology now. So um, I, I think that we are a species that is evolving on this planet. Um, there have been at least five major total destruction episodes where we have gone back to square one and started out again. And lots of times, some of the things that we're finding on the planet came from a prior time that, 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 that was a human species um, artifact that, that um, another culture made. And then there was mass destruction and we had to start from scratch and we came across some of these objects. I don't believe that, that, um, that we have been colonized. I, I believe that we have grown and evolved and um, will continue to do so. Uh, and I do believe that out there in the universe, there are other species that, that are evolving as we are. But I, I, I think that we are too primitive a race to be among them. Um, so I agree with, <laughs> I mean, that's my opinion also is that we keep, destroying ourselves well it yeah, is and repetitious because they keep finding archaeological digs that are you know 20 to a hundred thousand years older than they thought anything would be oh hundreds of thousands of yes. years and, and it's just and it's constant they're constantly being discovered and older and you know, older oh absolutely so that so that genetically um, you know, we did come from single cells and we may be going back to them and there may be another mass destruction. I mean, the, the last big one was a meteor hitting the planet and having there, there was a, um, um, an ice age yes. that was imposed because of the, the meteor. And that was, I forget how many thousands of years, 20, 30,000 years ago, whatever it was, but, but, but we've, we've evolved back to this point in time and, 
you know, I, I don't think the earth cares. You know, I, we're, we're, we're like, um, we're like parasites on this planet. The planet is a living organism as well. <laughs> and, and probably we're not even noticed. Um, but, and as far as Bigfoot goes, I think Bigfoot is interdimensional. I think it's, um, it's something that goes through portals and, and, you know, pops in and pops out. I, I don't believe Bigfoot really exists, you know, full time here on this planet. I think I would probably agree with that also. I have a lot of friends, as I'm sure you run across people all the time, too, who are avid investigators into all things anomalous. And I generally tend to not try to find something that could kill me. Well, and the thing, <laughs> yeah. well, and the thing, the thing is, you see on television, they're out, they're out to kill it, they're out to capture it. For heaven's sakes, it's living in peace and has for, for centuries, hundreds, thousands of years. And and mm-hmm. as far as, back to spirits and and ghosts and things like that, everything is energy. And if you leave an energetic blueprint someplace, people will pick it up, people will feel it, people will feel the consciousness, depending on how sensitive you are. So, and, and in my opinion, about 80% of the hauntings or paranormal experiences that are happening are because of an emotional disturbance in the, in the people who are living in that particular place. And their energy causes things to happen. I would agree. We have a lot of the same thought processes. <laughs> it's kind it, of interesting. It appears so. <laughs> Well, because, you know, I have always believed that, well, I, I'm i fairly certain, even though it's not really science, it's, you know, theory and trial and error, but I totally believe that poltergistic activity comes from humans. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been in an environment where I was the impetus because of stress and strain and angst and adolescence and everything else I have investigated homes where in particular one the child was self-mutilating as well as destroying the house here and there mm-hmm. yeah so it was it it was interesting because I I knew that she was cutting and she was shocked that I knew that she was cutting. And I'm like, well, I've never done that, but I've been this upset. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's just the way that rolls sometimes. And let me give you the name of this organization that offers counseling, and they usually work with collegiate people. And I'm going to say right now, the organization is to write love on her arms in case anybody needs that kind of help who is listening. T-W-O-L-H-A, Twala is their acronym and you can find them online but you always have to take into account something like that when you're having activity and we've got two other questions but i'm going to hold on to those until after our break because we're coming up on our um, five minute news break and geez i hope we find some good news don't y'all it's ever (laughs) hopeful so we'll see what rolls with that and Come back. We are having a fantastic discussion. This is Barbara DeLong here on Fate Mag Radio, and I am Kat Hobson, her host. 
So thank you so much for being here and we will catch you on the flip side. Welcome back to Fate Mag Radio. Thank you so much for joining us here on WBHM Digital Broadcasting. I'm Kat Hobson. I'm your host and I am joined tonight by Barbara DeLong who is just just putting up with all the questions and answering everything and I have had the best time getting to know her work. So I hope that y'all are enjoying this at least as much as I am. She's amazing. So I told you, Barbara, that we had a couple of more questions for you. Mm-hmm. And they're interesting. This is a great audience. But the first one is, what's your views on climate change? Um, well, the the. First of all, the, the climate is changing, but the, it's, it's a cycle that has been going on for billions of years. It's just that we haven't seen this part of the cycle. It's kind of like Haley's Comet. You know, it only comes a certain number of years. And depending on when you're born, you may see it once or not at all. And um, I, I think we're going through a natural progression of the seasons I think we def- it, it is changing. There is no doubt about it. But I don't think that you can blame it on, on um, cow flatulence or um, any of the other many things that have been, it's been blamed on. It's a part of life. It's a progression. And we have to live with it because no matter what we do, the earth is going to continue to wobble and it's going to continue to go through the, its cycles. And we have to learn to live with it as opposed to try to change it. Because if you try to change it, you could literally probably, if you got really extreme, throw the earth out of orbit, which would not be a good thing. I think that would be a strong negative. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly. And I found it so weird too that, um, you know, what, three months ago we're hearing about cow flatulence and how we're going to have to you know eradicate cows from the from the planet and all of a sudden burger king has a meatless whopper yes out three <laughs> three months later right so tell me this hasn't been in in process for quite some time and this just seemed like a handy thing to toss out there to get people to go vegan i'm not giving up meat <laughs> i'm just well, well i'm not a big meat eater but every so often, I would like to know what's there. Well, there and there are certain blood types that have to have the meat. So, um, and, you know, even if you stop eating meat, the, the cows aren't going to stop having gas. Well, true. And, you know, I don't like pleather. No. I just, you know, <laughs> pleather shoes are just not my idea of a good thing. Although I did buy some jeans that were made from recycled bottles the other day, and they are surprisingly comfy. Well, you know, um, if you if you go back in time, this planet was covered with. I mean, look at look at uh, bison, all of the bison that were all over the place. You can't tell me they didn't have gas. Um, well, I think the dinosaurs probably did too. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, the the atmosphere was different then. Um, when the yes. dinosaurs were here, there there was, I believe, a double atmosphere then. But um, so, but things change, and and we have to evolve with them, not try to change them and hold them in place. You can't hold back time; it it just it doesn't work. Well, you can't. 
and you cannot you cannot control really very much of anything well you know you can, the farmers here in Connecticut are not be able to plant their fields in the same time frame that they used to because the, the weather has changed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those people who are pigheaded and are going to plant them when they, when they usually planted them are going to find that their crops fail. But those that pay attention to how the seasons are changing and shifting will be able to adjust their, their planting and harvesting um, to go along with it. Uh, the weather is changing. There's no doubt about it. And, and so, you know, uh, Crops that once grew in one place no longer grow there. I mean, come on. I mean, the the axis is, has shifted at one point in time. So, and then the plates floated in other directions so that we are constantly changing. You have to look at it, chart it, and adapt to it. Were you in school in the 70s and 80s? And the 60s. Okay. I was in... I graduated from high school in 1980 and okay. we were all going to die because of an ice <laughs> age. Yeah. And, you know, and it was the same alarmism, the same, you know, Annie get your gun kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. And so now we have climate change because global warming sounded ridiculous to us that had gone through the ice age. So they just changed it to climate change so that it was adaptable for any purpose. Well, and the reality yeah. is it's going to change no matter what we do. So, yes. you know, um, adapt. I mean, I graduated from high school in 62. Okay. So, you know, we, we were, we were taking shelter under our desks in in case of an atom bomb explosion so which was not an unlikely possibility <laughs> at that time no i was on, i was deck and cover too and but, but but you know you look at you look at there's always um there's always somebody out there saying you know the end that that man who has been walking up and down broadway for at least the last 100 years saying the end is near you know holy mackerel it is near it's just a relative term though you know yes. it's i wonder how many miles he's walked with his <laughs> sign with his placard i i'm sure he's worn out a couple of them by now <laughs> i would think i would think but the other question that we had for you and there's a there's a couple of more. Um, how do you feel about demonic spirits? Do you feel that they may exist, or is this more of people who that's what they are? Um, I believe I I don't I believe that there are people who are very very disturbed. I don't I don't, I personally do not believe in demons. Um, I, I don't believe that, that there are entities out there that are trying to buy your soul or, or drive you crazy. I think there are people who are chemically imbalanced and, um, this is what they feel. This is what they believe. And sometimes you can believe so much in something that you create it within your reality, not the fact that a demon exists, but that you are, you are responding to what you think is out there as opposed to what is out there. I don't believe there are demons. I, I believe that, that we're souls on, uh, we're spirits on, on a human 
you know, on a human journey. And this is just something else that, I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, I believe that, that demons were created by the church in yes. order to frighten people. And they've done, a good, yeah. they've done a good job. Well, certainly. I mean, because people, anytime anyone has any type of mental illness, there's, in certain cultures, demons as the cause. Because it couldn't really just be mental illness because, you know, look at what's happening. Well, yeah, people can generate that. Oh, oh, you know, with chemical imbalances, people can be very, very violent. And, um, you know, uh, depending on what parts of their brain are affected, they, they can either be very unresponsive or or they can be brilliant so that so that, you know, these things, they're out there. They, they are human conditions. And as a spirit living in a human body, you have to cope with that. You have to work through personality and you have to be able to manifest within the reality what you need to evolve and develop and grow. There you go. It's that easy. <laughs> it is that easy. And so... We already touched on this, but she says, so do you believe in in angels? No. And you've already answered that, I believe. I, You know, some people need to believe in them, and so I have no problem with them believing in them. I just don't happen to. Um, I, I truly believe that my spirit has... has um, the ability to to tap into cosmic consciousness, which has the answers to everything, and and that sometimes we're at a place in evolution where we can't, we have not been able to grasp the fact that we have control of things, that that we are in charge, so that so that we like to think that there's someone we can we can reach to that is going to intervene for us, but but that's. That's not the case because if somebody intervenes, that means that the lesson that was set up for us by us at one point in time, that, that you haven't solved the problem and dealt with it. So the lesson will come back in another way. It's sort of like if you if you stop someone from spraining their ankle, you you may make, you almost make sure that, that that lesson will come back harder and they may have to break their leg in order to you to learn the lesson. So and certainly if, if somebody is standing in the way of a car, you push them out of the way. I mean, it's it's not you don't stand back and let everybody, you know, kill themselves. But right. But, you know, I, I have friends every now and then that that do and say things repeatedly and and you, I I wish I could say I, I don't try to intervene and stop them because, you know, that, that you know, I do. But 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 it's it's hopeless and, and, and it's ridiculous because they are going to continue doing what they need, they are doing in order to learn what they need to learn so that they can overcome that and, and get onto a healthier flow. It's just frustrating to see a good friend repeat something over and over again. Yes, it is. And. I was, in my adolescence, that friend, because I was a slow learner and adamant that things were going to be the way that I projected them to be. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, uh, that was tough. So eventually I learned. You know, something that I found interesting was both with demons and then with angels. They're both controlling they're both tools, if you look at it that way. 
I know that um, I have been, because I'm a paranormal investigator as well, I've been in environments where there were very angry human spirits. Mm -hmm. And I finally developed the attitude that if you're a schmuck in life, you're a schmuck in death. (laughs) And, right, well, I mean, it's true. And I think that's, um, I think if you're wonderful in life, you're wonderful in death as well. But it is reassuring to think that some of the idiocy that I've accomplished in my life will be going forward with me so that maybe I won't have to relearn that. Which leads us to our next question, which is, what are your views on karma? We've got about two and a half minutes before our break, but we're probably going to have to pick that one back up, too. (laughs) Probably. Well, you know, karma is energy. Yes. And and it's, karma isn't bad or good. It's energy. And, and, you know, it does surround you and it does gather around you. and, And often you can take it lifetime to lifetime. Um, but, but, but if you're constantly, you know, making foolish choices and things like that, then, then, you know, it, it does go with you. It is an energy that you're, that is attached to your spirit that you do glide forward with. So it's a teaching tool. And, you know, there are some, I, I have a son who I, I, every now and then we try to, you know, caution him in, in some directions. And, you know, you have to, you know, understand that things don't always work out the way you want it. And and then I realized that this kid came in with so much good karma that he could fall in a pile of crap and just come out smelling like a rose. And, and it, it, I, I've never seen anything like it. And I finally just quit, you know, and I, I did say to him once, you know, you better hold on to some of that so you can take it forward with you. And, uh, you know, he just laughed. It was it, some people bring that kind of their lessons. They're it, it isn't meant to be good or bad. It, it's it's you know these are lessons that have not been learned, and therefore they're there for you to learn. And and the quicker you learn and accept and embrace and move on, the the more you start to balance out the karma, the energy that surrounds you. Well, I tell you what. I am not somebody who dwells on that much because I think that you have to have you have to have lessons. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't not discipline a child when you see them getting in harm's way. Oh, absolutely. You, you know, it is teaching. And so we are going to um have to leave for this next break. This time is really getting away. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think it's because we're we're covering so much and I'm enjoying you so much. But we will be right back. Welcome back to Fate Mag Radio. I'm so glad you're here. And once again, we are the voice of Fate Magazine in publication since 1948. 71 years of The Strange But True. So... Thank y'all for your support. I'm so glad you're here. And I know that y'all are enjoying this conversation because Barbara DeLong is awesome. We have been covering all the things. We have been covering karma. We have been covering spirits. We have been covering demons and angels and spirit guides. Probably not. It's you. So... (laughs) 
You know, I really love this refreshing mindset, Barbara. I'm having so much fun. Well, it's, it's you know, it, it's funny. When I, when I first got onto the field, you know, a long time ago, um, I kind of took on everybody else's opinion. And the more I read and... And, and I've been a voracious reader my entire life. And mm-hmm. and so, uh, you know, I started to actually form my own opinions, which is what everybody should do. And and the more I read, the more I I thought, well, you know, I don't really believe quite that way. And, and, and then you get comfortable with it. And, you know, you, you've heard me say this is my opinion and my opinion only. And it doesn't have to be anybody else's. This is where I'm working. And... Um, I think everybody should be that. And and that's, in my way of thought, that's when I did the spiritual development circle, I thought everybody could share their opinions and we could, you know, all eat off of one another's energy. It didn't work out that way, but, but you know, it it was a way of, 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 you know, everybody learning and researching and then wanting to share the information. And unfortunately... Like I said before, half of the people that signed up for that circle were practitioners, and it, it it appalled me to think that they didn't know what the law of one was. They didn't know what karma and dharma were. They didn't understand uh, creation and spirituality, and you know all all of these things that that are the foundation to what we to what we are and who we are. Um, so many people will say, "Well, I'm a light worker." Well, what does that mean? I mean. Uh, today to me it it means nothing um what is i mean when you say you're a light worker what does that mean you only work in the light what you know you have to have the lights on when you work it, it, <laughs> that's totally yeah, yeah totally I mean, and, and it's sort of like i mean i've always, always perceived that as being someone who is able to utilize energy for positive change that's but i a think good everyone definition. can do that if they just try yeah, I, 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 you know, at this point, I, I used to, I used to say I was looking for seekers or I was a light worker, or, and and then 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 it got to be such a hackneyed expression yes. that it, that it lost its meaning. So, I'm, I guess, a, an eternal student, and you know, the like I said before, the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know anything. Exactly. And and it's you know let let me go back and and if anybody by the way is looking for a great site on um on spiritual writing the um oh gosh what's it called now spiritual dot com oh no that's that's my site um <laughs> I know, sac- right? sacred sites sacred texts I think is the name of the website and it's it's one of the best reference places ever for spiritual stuff I think it's sacred. that is it. I think it is. Yeah. Have, have you used that site? I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I have. And I will pull it up to make sure that that's the same one. But, well, I won't know if that's the same one that you were thinking yeah. of. But, yeah. It's, um, it, it's sacredtext.com. And you can read almost any spiritual text here. And you can research anything of a spiritual nature here. And I think the important thing about all of this stuff is... You take what works for you and you incorporate it into who 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 you are, and you know if it if it, it doesn't sound right to you, then ignore it. And because, move on to the next. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, everybody's different. Everybody's working on different stuff. Everybody's in a different area of, of evolution and development. And so, you know, what, what really resonates to you is, is, is what you glom onto and you incorporate into yourself and then you move on. It actually has a dash. It is sacred-texts.com. Yeah. It's a great source of, of um, material and, and all sorts of wonderful stuff. Well, it really is. And this was the site that I had in mind, but it includes everything. You know, you've got world religions, traditions, mysteries, abuse, um, age of reason, ancient Near East, astrology. Everything is here. Yeah. So... Yeah, instead of looking for a teacher, become your teacher. Become the teacher. And, 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 you know, it's funny. I hated school. I absolutely hated it growing up. And and so, obviously, I became a teacher, and um, which I found hysterical. And and then (laughs) I, I have two master's degrees in teaching. And it wasn't until I stopped teaching that I really started to teach. Um, on a spiritual level, so um, it, it 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 was an amazing journey, but it took me a very long time to get to the end. And I only teach because I talk a lot, you know, and and <laughs> and and hopefully, hopefully that's people, funny. hopefully hopefully people will say that's bullcrap or let me look into it. And if I can make people think enough to to challenge me or to look into something that I've said or written, then my job here is done. Well, I'm, I am just so impressed because Sherry in chat says, yes, definitely a believer of creating your own positivity. And if you have that, you pass it on to others. Mm -hmm. And that particular individual I know personally, and she is a fantastic example of that. So I see why she believes that way. I think another catchphrase, and I don't know where it came from. I'd like to take credit for it, but the last time I thought I had created a saying, I found out, and and that was, um, when in doubt, don't. And I, I took credit for it for the longest time, and I finally found out that I did not originate that one, that Benjamin Franklin did. So now I'm saying I must have been a, a reincarnation of part of Benjamin, Benjamin Franklin, but... <laughs> But it, well, at least you were in good company with the mindset. Yeah. But the and and another quote that I have that I'm pretty sure I didn't create, but but I love is you create your your reality by your perception of it. Ooh, that's good too, and that's very true. Yeah. Yeah, it is, and and it's sort of like if if everything looks, dis- you know, if if everything appears to be not going right, then you have to sit back first and and laugh at it and then figure out okay so what the hell is the lesson i'm supposed to learn from this so i can actually move on and let's and, get this lesson now yeah <laughs> yes i it, know i've been there it, it's kind of like but but you don't you don't let it get you down you just sit sit there and say okay there's a lesson here now what the devil is it and and you know if you're working on trying to figure out what the lesson is then it does present itself so that so that you know things or like my house has been for sale for 190 days and only three people have looked at it. And it's kind of like, well, maybe I wasn't meant to 
to, you know, to move until later on, or maybe the person that's supposed to buy it hasn't gotten their act together yet, or, you know, and I just, so I'm marking time, and in marking time, I have to continue to be creative, or everything stops. Yes. So That's actually a great outlook, because after my father passed, my stepmother was going to move. But she wasn't going to move for a year because that's what everybody said. You don't do this and that and whatever. Yeah. And so in the course of this time, she's decided that she likes her house. That's why they bought it. Mm-hmm. And she's not in a mad dash to make any changes. But in the interim, she's been fixing this and piddling with that and having this done. And so now she's living in the perfect house. So there you go. (laughs) And where's the rush in getting out of here, right? She's got a fantastic walkable neighborhood and you know, she's just all the reasons that she left the house in the first place are still there, except that she misses my dad. And he lived there too. Yeah. You know. So and I'm sure that that is most people in that situation's take on that. Oh, absolutely. If you give yourself time. So. Yeah, and, and so many people try to rush and make changes, you know, way ahead of time. And, and, and usually they, they are thwarted and, you know, get angry. And, and the reality here is um, when the time is right, the time is right. And uh, if it isn't, then sit back and uh, read another book and do another interview. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Or in my case, I'm trying to finish writing a book. And it's just like, really? I did not think this was going to be hard. What was I thinking? (laughs) So, you know, it's just, it's funny. It's funny. I thought it would be a gravy train because I write well. And Uh consolidating thoughts is not what one would think. It's it's a lot more difficult than I, I actually just finally broke down and bought a book on the subject. And thought, well, I'll listen to somebody else for a while. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Well, so. I found, you know, when I was going to do the website, um, I had a friend who had a, she had just, it was a startup business. And um, I said, well, you don't have a lot of customers, so can you do a website for me? And she said, sure. And a year later, I asked her, well, where's the website? And she said, well, you have to write it. And you know oh. that was a sh- that was a shock to me. Yes. And, and she said, "Let's start with a bio. Do you have one?" And I said, "I I can't write a bio on myself. That's just I you know." And and I gave her three or four that whose forms I had stolen from other people that I thought were good forms. And I said, "Here's what I've been working with. You do it because I trust you. You're a really good writer, and you know what would be appropriate." And she came back about a week later, and she gave me you know she said, "What do you think of this?" And I looked at it. And I said, it is technically beautifully done. I wouldn't buy a used car for me for anything in the world. <laughs> and, and so then I realized that that I had a unique voice. Now, that doesn't mean unique great. It just means unique different. And that, that if I used my voice, my thoughts, my ideas would be in my voice and people would recognize it and, and – they would they would you know pay attention to it to a certain degree if they were reading it and so it taught me an amazing lesson and you know everything on my 
website just about is is channeled in other words comes from spirit and and but it's my spirit and it's my voice and because it comes through me it's my vocabulary and my voice and in some cases it's magical and in other cases it you know it isn't as magical but but the thoughts are there and so you know finding your own voice and saying you know and and really kind of thumbing your nose with with whatever other people say is appropriate or the way to do it for me is a better way to go because this is my voice this is what I have to say and this is how I'm saying it and I can stretch it or shrink it whatever you want me to do but it's my voice and um it's worked for me so far. It has very well. I again, I love your your sight because it is your voice. And it just dawned on me when you were saying that it's the same person who wrote the poems who had these wonderful thoughts and insights and put them together like this even though you kind of had to be drug kicking and screaming to that <laughs> yes <laughs> the guy was smart and the guy knew you that was that had to be a wonderful relationship and i think that's beautiful that it is the same you all the way through oh yeah, yeah. and the the only place it isn't is when i uh put the material together for the spiritual development circle. Mm-hmm. I, I just pulled, I pulled together notes from all over and, and I, I'm pretty sure I've written in a couple of places. I did not write this. I, you know, these are my notes that I spoke from and the, the, the actual lectures are there so you can listen to the lecture. Um, and they're totally channeled, but, but the notes are not, they're just, you know, things that I, had that I gathered that I worked from it when I was talking about that, those particular topics. Well, we've got about two, well, that's not true. We have about four minutes until we go to break. And I was curious because you have a, a section here, which is part of your spiritually speaking, speaking blog. Ugh, easy for me to say. Um, on remote viewing. Oh yeah. And I have the toughest time with that. With remote viewing? With remote viewing. And it's supposed to be trainable, is it not? Well, the spiritually speaking part of it, um, was, was one part that, that wasn't the remote viewing. There, There was a remote viewing part, which was, um, really, um, it was it was inspired by Bill Brown. He was on my show and I was interviewing him on his pyramid stuff. Right. And he was talking about he had sites in Egypt and if anybody wanted the map, if they were going to Egypt, they could stop by and visit the sites. And I said, well, not many of us are going to be going to Egypt. Why don't you go there? Why don't you do remote viewing there? And he said, well, can you do that? And I said, you know, of course you can. And so... We put together another another group um, online, and I I took them into a meditation, and then I took them out of body and into these sites, and it was fascinating. I think there are about twelve in all, or no, I don't know, there at least twelve or thirteen 
And, and what I did was I gave them the information on the site we were going to. I took them into the med- I took them out of body into the meditation to that site. So we 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 did remote viewing on the moon and and in Antarctica and in China and in Monk's Mound and all over the place. And what I found was um, when I first started, the first two are, are are not as good as others because I normally when I do lead meditations, I give people an opportunity to drift on their own. And everybody said when I stopped talking, they stopped seeing anything. So oh. after the second after the second one, I, I continued to talk all the way through it. And then there were places on the on the um, on the site where they could leave their comments as to what they saw and what they felt. And for the most part, it, it was all interdimensional, or we we traveled back in time, or it was it was a fascinating experience. And I'm going to continue it. I want to go into places like Darankuyu in Turkey and into those caves that that, that are 13 stories down that, that will hold 20,000 people. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I want to take people to those kind of sites and, and you know, allow them to, to to get the feeling of the antiquity of the sites and see what they feel. But, um, yeah, remote viewing is, is amazing. And if you do it, if, if it's a lead meditation and whoever is leading it knows what they're doing. Okay. And, and what's cool is all of the meditations are there. You can listen to the meditation and do the meditation and it takes you out of body and to that site and you follow along and then leave your comments. Well, I see the, the meditations there. So that is terrific. And again, in case you didn't hear me before when I mentioned this, the website is com. And this is where I went down to her remote viewings and spiritually speaking blog. Mm-hmm. What is You'll it, see there... all of this on the front page. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which is brilliant. So, and when we come back, before we get too long, um, I want to give you a chance to talk about your cosmic deck of initiation. Oh, because. Okay. I think that that's neat. And I loved how you explained that to me. So, and Sherry, I will tell you really quick. Well, we've got about 20 seconds, so we're going to have to do it when we come back. Sherry wants to know specifically what remote viewing is. Oh, sure. Can we do that in 30 seconds? Remote viewing is when you go into a meditation and go out of body and send your spirit to another location and, and then bring information back. Perfect. Okay. And with that, we are going to be going for our final break. I can't believe this time has gone by so swiftly. (laughs) And if you have questions, go ahead and put them in chat. You can do that at Spreaker.com or Spreaker, your Spreaker app if you're mobile. Or you can go to our website, WBHM-DB.com. And you can click um, the little chat button. It looks like a little air your word bubble so we will be right back thank you so much for being here and we'll see you on the other side 
Welcome back to our final segment here on Fate Mag Radio. I am so excited to have hosted Barbara DeLong. We have had some fantastic information shared. And if you relate to the game, that's all right. We will have our archives up on iHeart, iTunes, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Cast FM, Spotify, Spreaker, obviously, and all kinds of places all over the net. Kind of like Visa, we're everywhere you want to be. So, Barbara, thank you so much because I've learned so much and I know that the people in our chat room have as well, both of them. So, I know that I had said that I wanted to go back to the 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 cards, the Cosmic Deck of in, Initiation, but was there something that you wanted to cover before we did that? I think just one one short statement, you know, somebody had mentioned about remote viewing. The one thing that I have found that is a constant, no matter who I talk to, who I interview, who, who I am close to as far as on their spiritual journeys, the one thing that is a constant is that everyone says you have to meditate. And um, I, I interviewed somebody not long ago who who talked, who spoke of you know if you're just starting meditation to do empty empty mind meditation where you where you meditate on nothing. In other words, you close your eyes, you get to a place that's quiet with no interruptions if that's possible, and as thoughts come into your brain, you just say thank you and you let go of them, and you get to the point where you can concentrate on nothing. For, for 10 minutes or 20 minutes, whatever it is. Start with 10, but, but then stretch it when you can. And what that does is it opens the portal to your higher consciousness so that you're able to receive messages from your higher consciousness. You're, you're able to, to get inspiration from the spirit that you carry within you. But meditation, you can't get there without some form of meditation. Just just doesn't happen. So, All right. But as far as the cosmic deck goes, um, it's a deck of cards that I created um, that are hand painted mandalas, and I was challenged to create them because I, I trashed people's tarot decks at psychic fairs, and when I worked psychic fairs a long time ago, and I just found tarot decks for me were negative, and I said, you know, there should be a spiritual deck of cards out there, and at that time, there was the Rider Waite, and the, there was the Aquarian deck, and those were the, really the only two decks out there, and so my friends got together and, and said, you know, uh, you either create the deck or shut up, <laughs> and basically, and, and so nine months later, I had um, a deck of 52 cards that, that I had created a a mock deck for and I put it on the table after a fair I said there you go make it say something negative I dare you and um, after about 20 minutes they gave me the bottle of wine and said keep drinking we can't we <laughs> so and um, it was it was interesting because I, I didn't read standard tarot and um, frankly I, I didn't like it and so I thought, well, all right, I'm just going to create my own deck. And so the first 11 cards represented the chakras, the physical reality. And then the, the next 11 cards were cosmic laws. And um, 
and so so that's you have body and then you have mind and then you have spiritual laws which is spirit there were 12, uh, 11 of those and then i threw in some wild i threw in the astrological i wanted those to be 11 too and um but the astrologers i knew said it was not you know bad taste to try to get rid of one of the the astrology signs so I, I was I, I had to put twelve in, and then I threw some wild cards in as well. And um, the deck of cards represents your journey through time. Um, it starts with the physical and it goes to the spiritual. It's it's really a map, and what it does is it it gives you information on where you are spiritually. Um, the layout is is a. Um, it's an astrological layout, so it gives you twelve months of the year. And it gives you the 12 houses of the astrological chart so that so that you get more deep spiritual information for yourself so that you you give yourself tools to work on yourself. And and does it does it give it gives you the same stuff that a regular tarot deck would give, but it gives it to you in a manner and shape and form so that you are able to act on on the the changes that are coming and understand what's coming and deal with it better so it's it's a different people have called it a an oracle deck or a light energy deck or you know it's just my deck oh but my it, it it works well for me <laughs> <laughs> well it must work well for other people too because you sell a good many of them and you've got great reviews on them i do and you know it's interesting it's no longer published so that if you if you want a deck, you have to search for it. And uh, the publisher did say that he would reprint the deck for me, but I had to uh, I had to buy three thousand decks at six dollars a piece, and I wasn't Yikes. about to do that. <laughs> so I said, you know what? I think you know. And frankly, the patterns are out there on the internet. You can make your own deck if you want to by just downloading the the pictures and making your own deck. Um, there, there, uh, there have been times when you could get a deck for six dollars, and then then there are times when the prices are way up there. But um, I think it's important that if people really want this deck, that they have to search for it because then it means something to them. And there's a little poem in there that says that the deck will work will work for you as much as you work with it. So it's a cool deck. Absolutely. Yeah, I like it too because you know, to cross the threshold and challenge the mind, use it with love, it will serve you in kind. Mm-hmm. I love that. So I think this is pretty awesome because I think that tarot is kind of negative also. I, well, um, if, if you stop and think about it, the, the tarot deck was originally a card game that the, mm-hmm. that the gypsies got a hold of. And, and, um, it, it, you know, since that time, I mean, over the decades, you know, now, now there are other circular decks out there and there are some beautiful decks out there, but they, they hold to the standard, you know, the, the four suits and the major and the minor arcana. And I don't have any of that. So, you know, it's, it's very different now. There's a plethora of choices out there and, you know, I, I would highly recommend everybody create their own deck because that will speak to them and their spirit better than someone else's deck mind. Well, I know that the energy off of these mandalas is pretty strong. 
even just looking at them. It is and cold. They're, I mean, they're just absolutely breathtaking. They're beautiful. And I like that. You know, I like pretty and beautiful and, you know, what well, you get. Well, I mean, it's, they were done in, in watercolor. And, and as I told you before, I have no art training, so I'm not an artist. And I didn't know watercolor wasn't supposed to look like this. So <laughs> there you are. Um, really? It's not supposed to look like this? No. Actually, hmm. if, you, if you blow them up, you know, really, really far, you can actually see the brush strokes. Somebody asked me if I had used a um, spirograph, spirograph to do them. Really? <laughs> I was very flattered. <laughs> I would say. Because, I was very flattered. Yeah, my particular favorite is, I don't know how to tell you which one it is, but they just, I'll have to share it with you later. Okay. Because I don't see any way to to be able to come out and say, this one, this is the one. But, you know, I have enjoyed every, every one of them. I have enjoyed learning from you. I know that, that you have been well complimented through, throughout this. We have had both chat rooms and, you know, You've been called fascinating and interesting and amazing. And and it wasn't just me saying so. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're very, very kind. Thank you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's uh, Sherry says, yep, not a fan of um, tarot cards. Never did it. Never will. Don't want to know. Uh-uh. So I was just like, you know. I had I had a reading done in Jackson Square in New Orleans that I had actually forgotten about by a young woman and I told her how much money I had to spend and yeah she chose to go beyond what would cost that much and I said I really only have this much to spend that's all I have with me and she got angry at me Oh wow and I just looked at her. I said, you know, I told you when I first talked to you that this was it. And she didn't know my name. We didn't talk about names or hey, I'm or whatever. And I got halfway across Jackson Square and I heard someone say my name. Uh-huh. And I turned back around and I went straight to her. And I said, what did you need? And she said, well, I don't know who you are. I said, well, apparently that doesn't matter. Yeah. Because you called me. And she was just like, okay, we're done. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was hilarious. And well, then it, I, it's funny because when I do readings, I, you know, tell people what an hour is. And then when we start reading, I say, now, look, I don't set a time clock. If this goes three hours, it's still the one price. Right. So don't panic here. And, uh, well, she no. was, she was out to make a buck. Yeah, and that's yeah. That's that's New Orleans. That's how that rolls sometimes. Mm-hmm. But Harry said one last question, please, if you have time. We've got two and a half minutes. Okay. Do you think of pets? What do you think of pets and soulmates, or as soulmates? 
Pets and soulmates and familiars, absolutely, I believe that they, they do connect to us. I think that not always, but I think that there are times when there is such a synchronicity and such a connection that, that you know, dogs and cats, you know, and, and my only experience is with dogs and cats, but I, I, I do believe that, that they are connected to us in a very deep spiritual place and that um, I'm a cat person, but I've had dogs too. And I believe that, that, that they are an important part of a sharing of soul energy that they give unconditionally. And if you have pets that are giving unconditionally to you, it makes you a better person. And, and, and if you live in a place where you can't have pets, that's not judgmental against you. I mean, you can still love pets and, and you know, be connected to them. But I think when people choose not to have pets and, and, and the reason is just because they don't like them, that there's there's something missing in the person. <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I've, I've yes. had, I've had a, a Russian blue cat that I swear came back a second time as a Russian blue, and it was the same characteristics, the same behavior patterns. It was as though he knew me. And I fully expect to find another incarnation of that cat before I pass over. Do you know, I have to tell you that I lost, um, I lost a dog a few months ago and it was devastating because it was a horrific, unexpected moment. Uh And it's been a bit, it's been since the beginning of summer, maybe late spring. Anyway, while I was out of town, my husband called and said, in the course of the conversation, he said, a little dog broke into our yard. And I said, what? He must have been running from a coyote or maybe some of those feral cats, right? Mm-hmm. And um, because we do have two that they can't catch here. and um, But we do have coyotes up on the hill and stuff like that. And David was like, well, I think that someone threw him over the fence. And I said, well, why would they do that? It would have broken his back. We have a high fence. So at any rate, the dog had obviously been loose for some time. Mm -hmm. And he's very respectful of birds overhead. So he knows hawks and owls. So he was out on his own for a while. When I took him to get cleaned up and groomed, he looks like a very small version of the dog who crossed (laughs) and he has the same facial features. Mm -hmm. He is really astounding and he now has the same bark (laughs) except that he can't quite roll the R's yet, but he's working on that. He's like, you know, so I'm just kind of like going, well, this is, I was planning on just fostering him. And so now he's got a collar with my phone number on it and stuff. So he's not going anywhere. I believe pets adopt us that we don't adopt them. I agree. I totally agree. And this little guy, this little guy was escaping something to come here. So, Mm -hmm. so he's not going anywhere. Oh, that's cool. That's very cool. Well, tell people, Barbara, how they can, can find you how they can listen to you and i've had so much fun but it is time i hate that we'll have to do this some other time 
I would love that. Um, Me too. The website is barbaragelong.com, and on that, you, there's a place where you can connect to me. There's also a button that takes you to my YouTube channel, and we have lots and lots of fascinating shows that are on the YouTube channel. Um, and uh, the name of my podcast is Nightlight Radio, and that's on Blog Talk Radio. But And the shows, you know, always go back up onto the YouTube channel after we do them. So we have, you know, similar different places that, that carry our webcasts as well yeah. so it's um it's been a joy i've had a lovely time thank you so much for having me on it's been it's been a pleasure to talk about myself <laughs> <laughs> it's nice sometimes isn't it yes it is <laughs> it is because you do good work people need to hear that sometimes so. absolutely well, thank you again. And to all of our listeners, thank you so very much. I'm so glad you were here and that you got to enjoy Barbara right along with me. We will be back. I am looking forward to this week of shows. We have Paranormal Pride Monday We with Denise Pridemore. We have Paranormal Experienced Radio with myself, and I am hosting Krista Sajeray. We have Friday... Paraversal Universe, as well as Ghost Talk Radio. Both of those will be rebroadcast, but they will be brilliant. They both have things going on. They're presenting and hosting. So that'll be terrific. And then I'll see you next week, same cat time, same cat channel, for another episode of Fate Mag Radio.